This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Christian perspective on the news does not necessarily reflect the opinions of Radio K Pulpit or the on-air presenter, but is the independent viewpoint of the individual contributor. Please send an email to info at kpulpit.co.za should you have any further inquiries. Christian perspective on the news. Christian Perspective on the News, brought to you by Dr. Peter Hammond on a Friday morning. He's the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, and the William Carey Bible Institute. Again, Dr. Hammond, good morning and welcome, and we praise God that you're here to be able to share with us this morning. Yes, it has actually been quite an amazing last two weeks. Two weeks ago, I had a stroke and was told I'm not going anywhere, but last week I was at Kwasi Sabanta Mission in KwaZulu-Natal, over 2,000 ministers and missionaries from all over Africa. And I had the privilege of giving an address there. And what a wonderful experience to see so many people who are involved in God's work all over and hearing from people, some of whom are friends I've known for years, others new contacts. But what a phenomenal work going on there. And uh, I praise God for his healing hand. Hmm. <clears throat> uh, I was told back two weeks ago that I'd have to cancel everything, uh, you know, strokes gonna make my ministry impossible. And that evening, Anthony Stunder, the chairman of the board of our mission came to the hospital, anointed me with oil, read James five, and prayed the prayer of faith. And uh, the recovery was quite dramatic. The occupational therapist, speech therapist, the neurological therapist, the doctor all uh, said they were astounded at my record recovery as they put it and um, i've been back operational and just praise god for his healing hand we've mm-hmm. got to take our health seriously and look after it but uh, today 17th of march is a very significant day in our history it's not only saint patrick's day which i'm sure all our irish listeners would be well aware of but also on the 17th of March, 1841, the best friend Africa ever had, Dr. David Livingston, arrived in Africa. His ship, the George, uh, edged into Table Bay on the 17th of March, 1841, and that began the most incredible missionary journey that really opened Africa up for the gospel. And um, interesting observations of David Livingston's comments on the people of Cape Town in his book, um, travels in Southern Africa was, missionary travels, was that the people in Cape Town were entirely too comfortable and smug and not concerned about the many tribes who had not heard the gospel yet and how vital it was to give the people here a missionary vision. And I'm sure that's something we really should be doing. Now, I sent out today a uh, message Um, on what would David Livingston say to us today because I think his ministry was the most impactful throughout Africa. He exposed the slave trade. He brought an end to it. He did so much to mobilize and inspire missionaries from around the world to come and invest in winning Africa for Christ. And that really is our calling. Cape Town, at the southernmost point of Africa, with the oldest churches and oldest um, Christian civilization in the Southern Hemisphere, 
has been called to be a missionary sending base. And by God's grace, many missionaries have gone out from Cape Town throughout Africa and other parts of the world over the years. And I believe it is still our primary calling. We've heard many visions over the years of revival fires breaking out under Table Mountain and spreading throughout the continents. And certainly that is a worthy vision to work for. Andrew Murray was mightily blessed by God in the 1840s with phenomenal revival, 1860s I should say, and starting in Wellington and Worcester, the revival fire spread throughout South Africa and missionary groups were founded, South Africa General Mission, the Africa Institute at Wellington, and uh, hundreds of missionaries were sent out from Wellington from the Africa Institute, trained by Andrew Murray and others who planted churches as far afield as Nigeria. And I've seen the churches and some cases, the missionary graveyards of people who came from the Cape, who've planted churches that are flourishing as far afield as Malawi, Mozambique, Zambia, Zimbabwe, all the way up to the Congo and Nigeria and Sudan. So let's remember the great significance of these mm. events and the times of it, no matter what, is going on in the world, our mission is the same. We call to make disciples of all nations, to teach obedience to all things the Lord has commanded. Whether we're going across the streets or across the world, our mission is the same, to make disciples, to teach obedience to all things the Lord has commanded. And not just to make disciples of individuals, that's where it, is, it starts. But we need to be making disciples of nations, not just some nations, but all nations. Even those that seem closed or restricted access areas, and it's been my privilege for the last 40 years to be going into restricted access areas, helping persecuted churches and distributing vast amounts of Bibles throughout Africa. By God's grace, we've had the privilege of distributing literally millions of gospel booklets. Uh, statistically, according to World Missionary Press, we have already distributed over 8 million World Missionary Press gospel booklets and hundreds of thousands of Bibles and New Testaments in about a hundred different languages all over Africa, as far as Sudan and Nigeria. And we praise God for the many churches in Cape Town that have a vision that are praying for other countries and unreached people groups throughout Africa. So St. Patrick is also a great inspiration for us <clears throat> because St. Patrick, I think he's the only missionary who has a internationally recognized public holiday. And uh, Patrick, the missionary to Ireland, I think there's a lot of surprises about his life. The first thing is Patrick was not Irish. He was not born in Ireland. He was born on um, either Wales, Scotland or England, but he is kidnapped by Irish pirates. And at about age 16, he ended up being a slave in Ireland and being a shepherd for a very tyrannical warlord who had the skulls of his enemies on stakes around his stockade and uh, they were drinking uh, the alcohol through people's skulls which were used as drinking bowls and uh, a very savage land at that time. Well, at some point uh, um, Patrick managed to escape from Ireland and during his time as a slave in Ireland he had come back to the Lord. He had a very privileged upbringing. His parents loved the Lord his grandparents loved the Lord, but he was um, basically godless 
in his own estimations, in his testimony, his book written, Confessions, Patrick describes himself as a sinner. Interesting, we call him St. Patrick, but he's St. Patrick by popular acclamation. He's the patron saint of Ireland, not because any church declared that. Um, there's no evidence he was a Roman Catholic in the sense that he ever had any mandate from the Pope or anything like that. So the first surprise is Patrick never called himself a saint. He only called himself a sinner in his book. He wasn't born in Ireland. Uh, he wasn't a Roman Catholic. The Roman Catholic Church has never declared him a saint. In fact, um, it's only the popular acclaim of the people of Ireland that calls him St. Patrick. He's the only missionary I know who's got an internationally recognized public holiday. And the only missionary I can think of who has a color associated with his name. Green and St. Patrick's Day seems mm -hmm. to go together. And many people might think he's the patron saint of pubs, but Patrick was actually a Bible-believing evangelical Christian who, you read his testimonies, and I've, I've been to his museum in Down Patrick up in um, Armagh in Northern Ireland and Ulster, and there's no doubt from the writings of Patrick, he knew the Lord, he is evangelical, he's a Bible-believing, uh, effectively we'd say Protestant. In fact, if you go to, his, to the church where his grave is today, as I've done, it's a Protestant church ground, which must be a bit frustrating for some of the uh, more adamant IRA types from Southern Ireland. But uh, Patrick's a good example to all of us. He actually won a lot of people to the Lord. Phenomenal achievements. Uh, Patrick established over 300 congregations in Ireland, baptized 120,000 people, converted many chiefs and kings, established mission stations, and uh, the missionaries that were trained in his mission stations in Ireland later went out to evangelize the rest of Europe. And in many ways, you could say that the Irish evangelized Europe. There's a book out saying how the Irish saved Europe or saved civilization. It was when the barbarians had destroyed so much of Europe and looted the way across. It's the Irish monks and missionaries who'd, who did the work of transcribing many of the manuscripts and ensuring that we had copies of the Bible and who went out and established monasteries and schools and taught and evangelized throughout Europe. Yeah. So it's quite an achievement when they speak about Patrick driving all the snakes out of Ireland. Well, there's no evidence even worse snakes in Ireland. It's probably dealing more with a spiritual warfare, getting rid of demons. They used to have human sacrifices and all sorts of things in Ireland before Patrick began his great evangelistic endeavor to win Ireland for Christ. And since then, many Irish people have gone out as missionaries. One significant one was Columba, who won Scotland to Christ. And uh, you can imagine just how much ripple effect is from one dedicated life. And uh, Patrick began his life as a slave captured by pirates. Mm. Well, when you think of Scotland's contribution to Africa through Dr. David Livingston, what a tremendous person who walked from one side of Africa to the other, walked across what today are 12 great countries. David Livingston landed in Cape Town, 1841, the 17th of March. But later, he walked from Delgoa Bay, what today is Port Elizabeth, up through Ellable to Beaufort West, which he said is the most pretty town in Africa, stayed in the home of Andrew Murray's family, uh, walked all the way up to Kurman, Northern Cape, and there 
Uh, he served as a missionary for years under the London Missionary Society, walked across Botswana many times and Zambia and Angola to the coast and walked from the Atlantic Ocean all the way across Angola, Zambia, Zimbabwe to Mozambique. Sorry, Dr. Hammond, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I wonder if we could uh, wrap this up so uh, we don't want to miss out what you have to share for us. And what we need today is people who will take the Great Commission, as the Lord Jesus said, as the Father sent me, so send I you. And uh, it is our call to preach the gospel to every creature. And Cape Town has a missionary call. Let's be sure we're faithful witnesses, not only to our neighbors, but also to strangers and visitors and tourists coming through. We've got the opportunity to reach people from virtually every part of the world. So, as our Lord said, the Father sent me, so send I you. That's the voice of Dr. Peter Hammond, the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, the William Carey Bible Institute. Thank you so much, Dr. Hammond. So appreciate your input. Have yourself a really good and restful weekend. Thank you. God bless. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.